Alan from New oh, Jersey. Yeah. Welcome. Is it Alan from New Jersey? Correct. Welcome, Alan. So here we are live over BBS Radio Online. The Monday evening episode. Welcome to you, Lauren. Today it is April the 19th, 2021. And as usual, a simulcast with a conference call. And I welcome you all and anyone else that's on the conference call that wants to say name and location, feel free to do so. Hello, Wanda from Saskatchewan. Welcome, Wanda. Hi, Wanda. Do I hear Jeannie? Yes, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Right, welcome, Jeannie. Hello, Jeannie. Hi, Wanda. All right. And let's wait and see what's going to happen this evening on this show. One thing stands, and it is right after this show, the one-hour show, we go over to our daily Whole Planet Healing Conference call, where everyone is invited to participate. You can call in by dialing 712-770-4340, and the access code is 250-513-POUND. I welcome the next caller. Feel free to say your name and location. Hey, this is Bonnie in California. Welcome to you, Bonnie. Thank you. All right. Hi, Wanda. Hi, buddy. Hello. And for, for actually, for the phone number, you can also find the phone number for the Whole Planet Healing at the webpage wholeplanethealing.com. I welcome the next caller. Please say a name and location. Joy in Washington. Hello, Joy. Hello. Welcome. And I welcome the next caller. Thank you for being here. Well, happy Monday to all of you. Hope you had a good day. Yeah. All right. I'm going to mute because I'm about to be in a noisy place. Thank you. Well, we'll miss you. Thank you for being here. I'll be eavesdropping. All right, so we wait for Winfrey and Terry Brown to call in to get this show started. And as usual, I do not know what we will be talking about tonight. Let's wait and see. Say what? I said maybe Terry will tell her story. We've been waiting to hear. So here we are on the Monday evening, on the Wednesday evening, at the same time as this show, we do our questions and answers with the Elohim and Ra group, where you have the opportunity to email a question to Win, which he will ask, 
Terry Brown to our sources on the other side of the veil from the Ra group and or Elohim group. The whole planet healing call we do seven days a week at 7 p.m. Pacific. It consists of seven parts. We have a relaxation connection exercise to begin with by Joy. Then we call in the love light. Cecil takes care of that by doing the invocation. Usually, Win Free introduces. Terry Brown, who talks for a few minutes about her experience as a channeler. We have Bonnie, who usually reads transcripts channeled by Terry Brown. Hi, and this is Terry. This is talking about the angel. Welcome, Terry. Hi. Hello. Hi, Terry. Hi, Lauren. All right. So, and then we have Jennifer. Good evening. Welcome to the conference call. Hello, hi. This is Shirley from Ohio. Welcome to you, Shirley. So, in the next part on the whole plant healing call, we have Jennifer who guides us takes us on a tour over the planet with two days. Every day she looks at what's going on in relation to earthquakes and volcanoes, and then we give those areas that need calming some attention. We send it love and light, and we have, according to our sources, they are present with us during those exercises, and they add to those energies. I welcome the next caller. Feel free to say your name and location. Um, Janine Crosland from Salt Lake City. Welcome, Janine. Thank you. After Jennifer is done, then we open up the mics, the, all the phone lines, where you do have the option to put something on a global level into the love light, and after that, win free does a overcoupling uh, global visualization. Welcome to the next caller. Please say your name and location. Hi, hi. It's Jennifer from Greensburg. Hi, everybody. Hello, oh, hi, Jennifer. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, guys. Hi, Jennifer. <laughs> Hello. All right. Okay. Yeah, not for everybody but myself, yeah. <laughs> That's good. All right, and the man of the hour is, um, I can tell he's putting his tie on right now, so let's be patient. <laughs> Welcome to the conference call. Feel free to say your name and location. Roger, Austin. Good evening, Roger. Welcome. Hi, Roger. 
Evening. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. Who else joined in? We say name and location. Terry in Nevada. Welcome, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hello. Wynn is probably not putting his tie on. He's probably probably combing his hair. <laughs> is that what he's doing? <laughs> that's a formal attempt. <laughs> no, he's, he's trying to wake up. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe maybe Terry will have to run in and fix and wake him up. <laughs> All right. Well, joined in. Please say your name and location. It's Wynn in Sedona. Hello, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. And hello to everybody on BBS Radio. Right? Yep. Yes. yes. I'm ready. Let's get rolling. Muted. The recording has started. Okay, this is, let's see, what's the date? It is, how is it supposed to tell me? April 19th, 2021. Wynn in Terry in Sedona, Arizona, everyone, everywhere. And, of course, this is our Monday night wild card night. And, um... We do all kinds of different things on Monday. Sometimes we have group discussions. Sometimes we play replays from our huge archive. Would you like to say? No, never mind. Hello, who just came in? And hi, is Are you muting everybody? Hi. Hang on. Let me mute the the, the dings. Yes. Yes. Uh, things are off. Things are off. Okay. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, we did a uh, call where Terry happens to be one of those rare people that can remember her past lives. Now, I don't see how she can remember all of them, but I do know she remembers some of the notable ones. And supposedly, she can remember the space in between lives. Is that right, Terry? Hello, Terry. Yes. Yes, I can. I can remember the space in between. Mm -hmm. And and Terry, Mm -hmm. that's like when you um, get older, you start remembering more and more, correct? Right. And maybe I'll remember a few things, and it fills in as time goes on, and I think I look at it, and more of it comes to mind, and I remember more and more. Okay. Now, Terry is an exceptional person, and one of the reasons she seems to be able to do this stuff when most of us can't is because a good portion of her never leaves the other side. It's one of the things the sources said. So the good news is she she goes through less of a veil of forgetting when she comes into this realm. The bad news is she can't remember things. Because she's not here. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me. What was the what lifetime did we talk about the last time, Terry? Was it Saint Catherine? No. Um, we talked about the lifetime in Rome, where I was a uh, I was a boy, and mm-hmm. my father. We we were in northern Italy, and my father went off to war, and he never returned. And my mother, she would take in washing. He had like a couple of wash tubs in the local square. And she would go and she would take in laundry and she would do it at the local square. Um, you mean for other, for pe- people, for other people? That for was other there. people. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, okay. she never had enough money for us to eat. or And so she... We got on a boat and we went to southern Italy and she um, took me up the Appian Way walking and then just outside Rome she dropped me off and she said I had to uh, go into Rome from there and I had to make my own way and that I had a lot Mm -hmm. better chance than uh, growing up in northern Italy. And so mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, I, I told the lifetime uh, of what happened then in uh, Italy and how I eventually ended up in Rome. And there, and I was adopted by a rich um a rich gentleman who was in politics, and I wasn't now, how, allowed. How, to, how, how how old were you? Ten. Ten I years was old. Ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you could have been ten. in Mexico in this place, you could have been one of the kids that dropped off at the border, right? Well, uh, <laughs> it's like. Well, not a lot of people were doing it at the time. No, I see. <laughs> yeah. And I had uh, a lot uh, of adventures um, mm-hmm. in, in that, in that lifetime. lifetime. I, I told, yeah, I told some of them uh, in, uh, in the call a couple of weeks ago. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like there were some of the things that, like after I got older, um, like I had a girlfriend, and the girlfriend was very. She wanted to go and see the circus where they would uh, uh, feed the Christians to the lions. <laughs> that, so was that was called a circus. That was circus. Yeah. Some people call it a circus. So we packed a lunch and we went down there and we were sitting there and she was like screaming and she was totally, you know, into it. And I just got sick and I stood up and I walked up the stairs, seeing every stair as I left the auditorium. And that was the end of our relationship. 
and uh, I never got married in that lifetime, but I had a wonderful lifetime with the gentleman that adopted me. Uh, we used to have political discussions about what was going on in Rome, and he he was absolutely wonderful. And I think in this lifetime, he was my uncle, because mm-hmm. in this lifetime, uh, I'd go visit my uncle, and he would uh, he had an open bar. He had every kind of drink that you could imagine, and mm-hmm. whatever he wanted. And he would pour a drink, and he would hold it up in the air and look through the glass at it. And when he did that, it, his house, his whole house, and him, and it would morph into that Roman gentleman in the Roman lifetime. And I think that we knew each other. He was that man in Rome mm-hmm. that adopted me. And in this well, lifetime, well, he tried to adopt me even, but uh, my mother mm-hmm. uh, didn't go through with it. I got a question. Yes. You know, in every, in every life, we're supposed to learn something. Well, and it's not, I, I mean, I, it, you know, it, it's an opportunity to learn, and if we learn, mm-hmm. uh, then we can avoid a lot of pitfalls in the future. Right. So, did you think you learned anything in the life in Rome? I learned not to steal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because if you remember a couple of weeks ago, what happened was um, I went, I, I was taken in by a man that was keeping the catacombs, and he mm-hmm. he was. He took me in, and he was feeding me, and he sent me to Rome to buy food. And I, he gave me some money, and I went to Rome. And uh, I went in, and there was this bakery that had the most wonderful-smelling bread. And all the old man ever had was this black bread, and I was supposed to buy black bread. But he, I just, I thought, if he could only smell and taste this bread, um, he would never, ever have black bread again. I put it under my coat because I didn't have enough money to buy it. And I was, um, then two Roman soldiers say, well, you know, what's under your coat? And I produce it and they put it back on the shelf. And now one's on either side of me and they march me off to, uh, to, to meet uh, where I was living, and <clears throat> we went there and we looked at the uh, he the, the old man and and the Roman soldiers said, "Do you know this boy?" He says, "I never saw him before in my life." And uh, just then, a bunch of the Christians came out. They had been singing in the underground. And they came out, and the Roman soldiers arrested all of them and me. Not the old man, though. And they arrested us and took us to jail. And then they took us to um, the Colosseum. And then they started feeding them one by one to the lions. And I figured that was it. And uh, there was another little boy there, and he went back into me, and he had found... 
a pathway out of there, and they left the gate open, and he beckoned mm-hmm. to me, and I went with him, and then we reached the outside gate, and it was locked, and we couldn't get through, and uh, so I found a pathway that was narrow opening where they they put the ropes through because they had these big exhibitions with elephants and things that they would bring in from the outside and they had a huge big thick rope or series of ropes they would steady the animals and the carriages and things when they brought them through the opening and we were able to escape through the rope hole and it was about 12 feet down and we just dropped down to the to to the street from that twelve feet and and then we were on the outside and we went our ways and then the um next day see I was like my clothes were really old and dirty I had a leather jacket and um this man uh, dropped the box. He was trying to carry a couple boxes, and he, three three boxes, and he dropped one of them. And I picked it up and, um, and helped him chew his wagon. He had chariots, and he had a chariot. And he, he pulled out a coin, and he held it out to me, and I said, can I work for you? And he said, you're too young. Where's your parents? And I said, I don't have parents. And I asked, can I do anything for you? Can I, uh, I'll just be really good and I'll really work hard. And he said, come with me. And he took me to his house and he, um, he had uh, slaves that would make food anytime and they would, uh, they put out a cream robe for me, and he had me bathe. Um, I felt so good. And then he asked me all kinds of. He fed me, had some food brought for me, and he fed me, and he asked me all about my life. What is? Uh, what? Why are you here? What? What are you doing? Where are your parents? And I told him we we had a wonderful conversation. And then he took me to a bed, and he so he get a to sleep and get a good night's sleep and, and and we developed this wonderful rapport he had beautiful gardens in the back of his house and a beautiful house and he adopted me and he taught he like treated me like a, a son like I was his own son it was a wonderful mm. relationship and I went to get my mother I I went to northern Greece, and he agreed we could bring my mother there to live. Only my mother, well, I got to northern Italy, where we lived, and she had never made it back. After she dropped me off in Rome, she never made it back to northern Italy. So I never found out what happened to her. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it seems like one of the things you learned 
was how to be resourceful in this realm and make your way yes. even un- under the most um, oppressive, impossible situations, and that you had enough yes. loving, ener- loving energy, even though you weren't. What, were you were you spiritual? Did you have a sense of God in that time? I always did. I always had a sense of God. Um, like I loved the songs they were singing, the Christians were singing, and the underground. Um, and uh, I, but I never got into it. But I, w- I had my own devotion, my own my own sense of devotion. Um, Mm -hmm. But this was, there there was another lifetime. And... uh, Before you go to the next lifetime, one more more question. Approximately, can can you tell when that Roman lifetime was time-wise? Well, as nearly as I recall, it was like in the first century A.D., in, sometime in the first century A.D., um, it may have been uh, 70, sometimes I think it was earlier, but it may may have been around 70 A.D., mm-hmm. roughly. Okay, then, so it was pretty close to the time of Jesus. It was, yes. And uh, mm-hmm. I really didn't know about Jesus. Except he, the, um, the the religious people in the in the catacombs, they would uh, sing those most beautiful religious songs. And, uh, but you know, when was there a pope in Italy at the time? You remember? Uh, there, no, there wasn't a pope at the time. No, mm-hmm. it, it, they had the Roman Senate, and um, the Roman—they they weren't kindly to um, the Christians. They weren't. Mm-hmm. They weren't kindly. I mean, they were executing oh, I, I, them. I, I would imagine. Yeah, I heard you say that, and I was just wondering. Um, you know, eventually Italy became the bastion of Catholicism. And, uh, yes. I don't yeah, know later. when that was, but it was later. So let's let's move on. Is this next life we're going to talk about? When was this, time-wise? It was about 1200 A.D. <laughs> I had a bunch of lifetimes in between that where I went to... Uh, religious lifetimes where I went and uh, I w- was a scribe in the monastery and I loved the work. I loved making books and making mm-hmm. artistic uh, artistic capital letters at the beginning of mm-hmm. uh, chapters and I loved stained glass windows and I, I would just be uh, a nun, and I'd be very, very uh, religious and pious mm-hmm. uh, my whole life. There was a, a number of lifetimes like that, and um, there was one lifetime as the wife of a sheep herder uh, back then. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in another lifetime as a uh, a druid. Um, and I de- I decided never to be a druid again because mm-hmm. I didn't like some of the things. But that's another lifetime that we could do another time. Okay. Well, the next lifetime we're going to talk about is a lifetime in Mongolia, right? Yes. Yes. At the, t- at, the time, at, at the time, just a moment, at the time that Genghis Khan was alive, and if yes. you're aware of history, Genghis Khan was bent on conquering the world. And um, and he did conquer quite a bit of it, right? He did. He conquered a lot of it. He was creating mm-hmm. a big stir in Mongolia when I was in my lifetime in Mongolia. We heard rumors of him. And it was in a little village. And it, we didn't have much. We grew our own food. And I was in charge of bringing water I didn't water the plants, but I was in charge of bringing the water to where they could be watered, and then other people would water the plants. And I had a sister and a mother and a father. And we it's like we had a, a really kind of a close-knit family. And uh, my sister... Uh, she slept in a, we had these, uh, not quite tents, but little kind of buildings and we'd sleep in, I, I slept in one and my sister slept in one and my parents slept in another. It was, and it was in the center kind of for the this community. Everybody had their little places. Um, and so these rumors were circulating about Genghis Khan and that his group was nearby, his young men, and they were stealing women. And um, so I I heard about it. And then one uh, morning, really early in the morning, um, uh, my si- I heard my sister scream, and I jumped out of bed and I ran, and there was this man carrying her off on a horse, and I was really mad, and I collected the uh, bunch of eighteen-year-olds from the village. And we all went to the uh, weapons keeper, and we asked for lances, and we each got a long lance. It was like mm, maybe four feet or so long, and maybe even a little longer. And we each took a lance, and we each walked, following the horse's tracks, and as best we could, we Finally, we uh, came across an encampment of a few young men, and I was looking from the brush for my sister, but I couldn't see her. And so we stayed all night watching, 
and we didn't we I didn't see my sister we were just watching uh wondering what to do and ready to take to rush them and take my sister back and so in the morning really early in the morning this man rode in on a horse with a huge black horse and uh, he had black hair and he had some like clothes canvas type clothes and leather and um and I thought that Genghis Khan I'm going to kill him and stop all this nonsense and get my sister back because if you if you kill the guy in charge if you, if you deal with him then the everything stemming from that will stop and so I drew back my lance over my right shoulder and I had it in position and I rushed out at him and he was caught totally unaware uh, and his horse reared up and I hit him I hit my lance straight at aim straight at his heart and I had the total open shot he was wide open and I had my arm drawn back and uh, and then I looked him in the eyes, and he looked me in the eyes. And it was a really, really defining moment. He was not afraid at all. He wasn't afraid at all. And he was thinking, because I can read minds, and he was thinking, now here is a boy I would like to get to know. And he would make a wonderful companion in my army. And <laughs> I I wouldn't have expected that. I would expect him to be afraid or something like that. And I was thinking, I'd really like to get to know this guy. <laughs> And I said, he's so alive. He's so vital. I can't kill him. And so I didn't throw my lance. And now there's another component here, and that's the horse. Now, horses are very intelligent. They're as intelligent as a human being. And he... Uh, Genghis Khan and his horse were totally bonded, and his horse realized that I was trying to kill Genghis Khan, and immediately his horse decided to kill me. And the horse reared up, he came down with his hoofs on my chest, and he just trampled me. He really, he, he just trampled me in my chest, and... He uh, and so Genghis Khan. I, I left my body as soon as I felt the pain, and I went about ten feet away, and I'm watching all this. And Genghis Khan, he slid off his horse, and he brought his horse to a standstill, and he rushed over to me, and he 
bent down and he put his lips to my lips and he was trying to blow air into my lips. And he then he let out a couple of cries, like a couple sobs. And then he stood up and then he called his men together and they carried me to a grassy knoll by it. And they stood around and he said like a prayer over me. And then the men, they dug a, a shallow grave and they put me in the shallow grave. And then Genghis Khan took a medal out of his pocket and he put it on the grave over where I was. And I was watching all this. And then they went away. They they all got on their horses and they rode away. They took down their uh, encampment for the night and they rode away. And then I was looking for my sister and they were taking her with them. And I watched and I stayed guarding my sister like a guardian over the next few months. And eventually she couldn't take that life and she died. And I kind of was with her, and we went back to the village where we had grown up, and she eventually, she took another body, and she was born there. And I, um, after she was saved and she was in another body and she was okay, I left the area, and I went to Tibet. And I was born as a boy in Tibet. And as soon as I was about 11, I became a monk. As soon as I was able to do it, I became a monk in Tibet. And that would be another whole life of the life of a Tibetan monk. And that was training for in levitation and and, uh, chakra coordination and um, training for my lifetime. Next life after that was uh, Catherine of St. Catherine of Siena. So that's mm-hmm. the story. Was there a Dalai Lama in Tibet at the time? There was a... There, there, it wasn't at our monastery, but there was another monastery where there was. We, mm-hmm. my, we, um, so there was a connection between monasteries, and I, I don't. He may have come to visit every now and then. Uh, mm-hmm. Just gone through, but I was never even allowed near him. Uh, I was like really young. Uh, Monk. Oh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that that would be the next lifetime I I could speak of. Now, now let me ask you a question. Yes. Um, I understand you can remember what was in between lifetimes, right? Yes. Yes. In fact, uh, you know, I did go over what was between the lifetimes. It's like uh, I left the body, and then I watched them bury the my body, and then I found my sister. Now, that's all between. It's all as a spirit. I'm doing this. 
And then mm-hmm. I stay with my sister and guardian, guardian to my sister and helping her until she's safe in another lifetime back at the village. And this is all between lifetimes for me. And then I go to Tibet, I find a family, and I become born as a boy in Tibet. And and now I'm in another lifetime. Mm-hmm. And what happened in... Is there anything else to say about Mongolia or Tibet? Well, there's a lot more to say about Tibet, but... um. Like, that would be the next story. But Mongolia, um, you know, the people looked different. I mean, the eyes, our eyes were kind of a little bit slanted. Uh, and, and it helped, you know, when you, when you got the wind and the sand in your eyes, you know, it helps. Uh, your eyes, your eyelids can help protect your eyes. Um mm-hmm. And uh, we had you know, we had really simple life. Uh, uh, we were in a, I'm not even sure what part of Mongolia we were in. Uh, and Genghis Khan was going around and he was conquering various areas, but I only had the stories of. Um, Local local people passing through that would indicate that he was in the area. Mm-hmm. Now, during these lifetimes, I don't know if you can remember this, but were you aware of your past lives in these lifetimes? In Tibet, for example? Like I would imagine Tibet did a lot of spiritual work there and yes um, we did a whole lot of spiritual work and um we didn't concentrate on our past lives uh, we it's i would have some memories like because being in a monastery in tibet uh and then having been in a series of monasteries in um, ireland uh earlier uh and Scotland and uh it seemed the the life in the in the surroundings seemed familiar to me, and I would have pictures of being a scribe and um and and uh, copying books making books and uh I'd have pictures uh visions of earlier things, but they just would seem normal to me, and I didn't think of them as, like, well, that was back in 800 or anything like that. I would just think, well, I know Mm -hmm. I did that. Mm -hmm. So you went straight from Tibet to St. Catherine, right? Yes. Yes, I did. And, I mean, we've talked about St. Catherine on other calls, probably more than one, but... uh, can you remember how you made the choice on the other side to come in in Siena, Italy? Uh, were you there was already... there was a church there was a church in Siena, Italy, and like 
I, it, it's like, well, after I died in an avalanche in Tibet, um, I, it's, I could keep hearing the bells of the church. It, 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 I know it's a long way away between Tibet and Siena, but it's the the vibe was the vibe between churches, between monasteries. It's like it was the vibe that drew me there to Siena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you chose your family. Did you chose your family on the other side? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I watched them. There would, uh, I had about 24, 20, well, I was one of the twins. And my other twin, the other one died, but I, I had a lot of brothers and sisters in that lifetime. And my, and Catherine lifetime. My father was a clother. He would make beautiful clothing and dye cloth. And he was very rich. And he, so he had like over 20 kids. And, uh, so there was always plenty of kids around and older, like sisters and, um, it, it, it was, uh, it, it was really, uh, fun to be part of that family. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you were on the other side, did you have the idea that you were going to connect with that church? You probably did because you were looking at it, right? I would, it's like a, the vibe. I was getting the vibe. And I was going from, well, we we had been on a trek in the, in uh, Tibet. And we uh, were caught in an avalanche. And so I was buried. And I have the ability to uh, survive a lot of that and to melt the snow with the heat of my body and to create heat, which even it's like in this lifetime, it can't, it, I still have it. Like when I was in L.A. and it was snowing one day, and in L.A. it was snowing in November, and I had a, uh, I didn't have a coat. And so it was really cold, so I just have this ability to create heat in the body, and then I'm warm. But that was something I learned in uh, Tibet. Tibet. Uh, so, but anyway, I, uh, I was killed in an avalanche, and then I was just wandering around outside of my body, looking at the beautiful mountains and the snow. I love the snow, and watching the snowfall and everything. And I was doing that, and then I noticed the vibration, like just traveling around, looking around and stuff. I noticed the vibration of that church in uh, Siena. And when Catherine was five, it's like, oh, I, 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 I don't know how to talk about this. I was walking down the road, and 
there was that church there. And I just stopped for minutes at a time. I just stopped and stared at that church. There's the church. There's the church. You know, and there's the vibe, you know. And uh, I, I, uh, then I was like, told people I had a religious experience. It's like, it's like <laughs> right there. And it's like that was the church. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. that's what happened. And, and when you were growing up as Catherine, you knew you were going to do something, right? You weren't, or not. Your mother wanted you to no, get married. I, and... I know, but, uh, I, I refused. I'm never going mm-hmm. to marry. I'm never going to have sex. I'm married to Jesus. Jesus is my mm-hmm. true husband and and this this is my path and and to teach wisdoms and to learn and uh, to uh, straighten later I found out about the corruptions and to straighten out corruption in the church and I couldn't ever figure out what was wrong with the church with the popes and it's like they weren't truly uh, uh, they didn't have the posture of a true seeker of a true uh, leader of a true religious leader it's like there was something off about them I couldn't figure it out. You say the collections. You're talking about the way they collected money, right? No. No. I didn't say the collections. The way they presented themselves, they weren't truly, solely committed. They had other... other agendas, like looking better, wearing the better clothes, having the more money, living in a better place. I mean, those were all senior to the way that they um, they were interfaced with the people. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a lot more, but I can address that when we do Catherine Lifetime. Well, you know, one of the things about Catherine, because at one point I said, I better study Catherine, the life of Catherine, and um, because I was trying to integrate it, you know, trying to say, wow, she was this person, and um, she, she would dictate to the priests and she was channeling, okay? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's like, um, I didn't know I was channeling. I, I just knew that this was what, like, um, a true uh, representative of God would want to know, that we'd need to know. And these priests weren't getting it. Yeah. And I found out that St. Catherine's 
dialogues with God were an official part of Catholic history. Okay? Yes. In the classic. Thanks to um At Raymond. Raymond, thanks probably. to Raymond, thanks to Raymond. Probably Raymond. Raymond came and became my constant companion. And, and of course we we ended up yeah. we ended up having Raymond move into our house this lifetime. And of course we didn't know he was Raymond. But um he he and he was he didn't believe in God, you know, he was an atheist. And but he loved Terry. And I thought he was like a gigolo or something, you know. I know you did. You thought that you kept saying it. Yeah. Because he kept making dinner for Terry and doing her laundry. And of course, you probably some of you heard him. He comes into our calls sometimes. And his name you know, his name was Jim. Another thing that Catherine did is she kind of was a radical. And that was surprising me. Now I can see I can see Terry being a <laughs> radical now. She's more <laughs> radical. But Terry was so understated and so quiet. And Catherine was a rebel rouser and she would be writing her channelings were many of them were attempts to uh, shift the corruption in the Catholic Church. Yes. And then she Yes, it seemed and then she would be writing letters to the Pope. And you right. know, just always generating like a lot of uh how can I say it? Radical she was radical and she wanted everything to be perfect. And um yeah. and, and it's and it was really fascinating to read about Catherine and see how um, she, how, how Terry connected, you know, it's, it's always the same soul coming in and, um, and here I am with Terry and I'm drawing the connections. Yes. And you know what? We're almost finished on this. And I just want to let you know, next Monday, I'm going to do a replay of an epic session we did on DNA. We did two epic sessions, actually. Yeah, and, it was interesting, because um, I didn't know anything about DNA. And uh, David can't come through and say stuff. It was very interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody has any questions. We have a couple of minutes. Um, and hang on a 
question. Any of you have any past lives that you remember? Hang on a second. And unmute everybody. Unmuted. You're unmuted. We, I heard a yes out there. <laughs> well, this is Roger, and uh, I don't have any recall of past lives, but I had a lot of deja vu experiences where I felt connected to a certain place or event. But that's about all I can say about it. And yeah, that's the beginning of memory. That's how it starts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good. How do, how do I work on that? <laughs> hey. I figure when when you're meant to remember, if you are, you will. You know, I mean, knowing your past lives may not be a blessing. You know. Like, well, sometimes uh, it's really hard. Like <clears throat> my last life. Uh, was a really uh, it was really hard my last life, I, and uh, it ended up really badly. And it was hard to I didn't want to remember, but mm-hmm. it was in my face because I was mm-hmm. remembering well, it. We'll leave that one for <laughs> um, sometime in the future. Okay. You know, I we got a minute here, and I hear I I just went here on the internet, uh, and if you look up Saint Catherine of Siena, you find her books and her channelings are online, and even her letters are online. And uh, you want to hear one of your letter letters, Terry? Her letters. Sure. Let's see here. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, uh, you're talking about the, the earlier one, uh, earlier lifetime and stuff. Uh, did Did you see the distinction between Christian and Christian? Well, I never really uh, <clears throat> studied it at the time. I remember that it was like the Christos. Um, I. I didn't really. I was. I was listening to their songs through the, the through uh, the the wall, uh, and uh, later on, I was just thinking, oh, they were the Christians because that's what uh, the history uh, book said. Uh, but at the time. Um, they did. I I didn't ever talk with them, but they. I was listening to them sing through the wall, and uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I think it was crystals. Uh, you know, it, yep. but I assumed yeah. because of the parallels that they were the Christians. Got it. Okay. And if you're if if you're on BBS Radio, we're about to go to our next call, which is called Whole Planet Healing, and 
It's 712-770-4340-250-513. Or you can get the phone number on wholeplanethealing.com. And uh, like here's, here's, here's the letter she wrote. I'm not going to read the whole letter because we only got about 30 seconds, but it's interesting. In the name of Jesus Christ, crucified and of sweet Mary, dearest daughter in Christ, sweet Jesus, I, Catherine, thy poor unworthy mother, want thee to attain that perfection for which God has chosen me. It seems to me that one wishing so to attain should walk with and not without moderation. And yet every week of our week of ours ought to be done both without and with moderation. It befits us to love God without moderation, putting to that love <laughs> neither lim- limit nor measure nor rule, but loving him immeasurable measurably. And if thou wish to reach for perfection of love, it befits thee the, to set thy life in order. Let the first rule be to flee the conversation of every human being in so far, far as it is simply conversation, except as deeds of charity may demand, but to love people very much and talk a few of them, and know how to talk in moderation, even with those whom thou lovest, with spiritual love, reflect that if thou didst not do this, thou wouldst place a limit before perceiving it to that limitless love which thou ought to be, to bear, bear to God, by placing the finite creatures between you and for the love which thou shouldn't place in God, thou wouldn't place in the creature. Loving it without moderation, and this would hinder thy perfection. Therefore, thou shouldn't love love it spiritually in a disciplined way. All right, that's all I'm going to read. Just see how she wrote. And that was a letter to Mona Elisa de Sagrio, the young widow of a noble family to whom this letter was written, was the most cherished among Catherine's women friends. She seems, as often happens, with the chosen companions of a fervent and powerful nature, to have been a person simple, lovable, and quietly wise having, after her husband's death, assumed the habit of St. Dominic, so she became a a nun. She distributed her possessions to the poor by Catherine's advice, but she evidently retained her home in Siena. And we got to go. We're running over. I don't know if we're still on BBS. If we are, thank you for letting us run over, Don. And thank you all for listening. And... We're going to end this call now. Wynn in Sedona. Hi, Wynn. Hey, Wynn. Hi, Wynn. And Tom. We're on BBS Radio, Wynn. This is Monday, isn't it?
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Hope. Oh, thank you. Thank you, BBS. Monica Edwards in um, Everett, Washington. Hi, Monica. Hi, Monica. Welcome Joy. to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name Hi. and location? Joy. I miss somebody. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi, Joy. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location, Cecil? You sneaky guy, you. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Good evening, Wanda. Hi, Wanda. Hi, Wanda. Welcome to Hope Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Roger in Austin. Hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. We're on the we're on I BBS, Shirley. so you better be good, Win. We're on BBS? Okay, awesome. <laughs> Is that Shirley? All right. Muted. Is Jackie here today? No, she takes um, off, I think. Well, she might be here, but she doesn't want to do it on Wednesday. Uh, but yesterday was yeah. Sunday. She doesn't want to do it on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, to my understanding. Uh, okay. Did I hear my name? Right. Do you want you want to do the in between yeah. when, or do you want me to do it? No, oh, I'll do it. I'll see if I can awesome. remember how. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to start with Joy, and I'm going to start the recording. And today it is still the 19th of April. The recording has started. This is April 19th, 2021, and everybody everywhere. And uh, just as an introduction for people on BBS, this call that we now do every single night of the week is an outgrowth of the work that I found myself involved in when the sources on the other side very high sources, started communicating to me through two personal relationships. And for, you know, about four years, three or four years, I was asking them some of the most deepest questions about how the universe worked, who they were, and they answered everything oftentimes with information that was never in this realm. They identified themselves by the name the Council of Elohim. And when I Googled the word Elohim, it was one of the words for God in the Old Testament. It was the name the Mormons used for God. And I said, are you the same Elohim? And they said, we're part of the same. And I said, why are you talking to me? And they said, you're like a cosmic midwife. You know how to bring these things into the world, and you don't have ego about it. Well, I'll tell you, I thought they made a mistake. I said, I don't know how to bring this into the world. I don't know what to do. Um, People are going to think I'm crazy. but." Bit by bit by bit by bit by bit, I learned that not only did they share all this amazing information, 
but they could project energy into this realm and rearrange atoms and cause miracles to happen. And uh, um, and we've gotten to become comfortable with them as friends in higher realms. And they have the ability to add their energy to our intentions. So as I became confident that that was true, because I didn't believe anything they told me. I had to prove it. I mean, they could have told me that, but I needed to see evidence of it. And I did. And I'm not going to talk about all the evidence now. I'm just telling you, trust me. And the people that are on this call right now are people that have been listening to the calls for some of them for years before we started this call. And they have seen evidence. They could bear witness to it. We could someday we'll do a call where people just share the things that happened to them as a result of this connection. Time to move to Joy. Pardon me? Time to move it to Joy. And Joy, give me a brief, please. I'm talking too long. I spoke me around. Okay. Well, I'm t- I'm saying all this from people in BBS that just happen to tune in, have no idea what they're getting into. So um, I'm just about to turn it to Joy. I'll just close it and say, if you happen to be somebody listening on BBS, and if you feel energy on this line, you might consider the possibility that you're making a connection with these guys in the higher dimensions. It's a subtle connection. It's a loving energy. And and they don't bother you unless you really want to feel it. And so sometimes you have to come in more than once to make sure we're not a bunch of wackos. And, you know, you're welcome to think that, okay? But in any case, uh, <laughs> we start out and uh, Joy discovered us. She is a cranial sacral therapist, and she has really good ability to do a little re- relaxation thing. And I'm going to turn it over to Joy, and she's going to do a little guided meditation to hopefully get you relaxed. So, Joy. <laughs> Thank you, Wynn. Um Now I'm all excited about the call. And listen, would you would you would you tell Heis to leave me alone? He's picking yeah. on me. <laughs> Heis, Heis, keep doing your job. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're we're all we're all here for the betterment of the call, which means reaching out for the highest good um, to anybody who's open to it and honoring free will. So if you want to, follow along, or if you have your own way of going about grounding and and calming um, and opening up to higher frequencies if you want to, then go ahead and use your plan. Um, basically, I always start off with make sure you're comfortable. Make sure that wherever you are, um, if you're lying on a bed, uh, that you just totally let yourself sink into, melt into the surface, the mattress, 
the blankets, whatever. Just let yourself totally relax. And it might take you a little bit to make the switch from the daily hubbub into feeling like you actually have relaxed those muscles. If you're sitting, it's really good if you can scoot your bottom all the way back toward the back of the seat because that helps your spine line up so your chakras are, are in better alignment with each other. And then you can take three deep breaths at your own pace. And if you hear a lot of silence, when I first when I first got on the call, I thought, did I drop the line? What's going on? But no, it's just, it's a silence. It's a silence, a period where you can stop. And you can let your body settle. And if you breathe into your heart, pretend like, imagine that you're breathing into your heart. And you can imagine that your lungs are caressing the sides of your heart every time they inflate. And breathe out that which does not serve you. Whatever you can think of to acknowledge it and say graciously to it, I don't need you in some way, and just let it go. So if you're really grounded, um, if you have your feet on the floor, or if you're on the bed, just feel yourself connecting with the earth. And let the earth, Mother Earth, connect back up to you, because um, from what we hear on our calls, that's what she is doing. And that's what she wants to do. She's here supporting us. She's allowing us to be here. And let's just take another pause. Just take in that energy from Mother Earth. I like to fill my whole body with it. And then, if you want to, open up to the energy that Wynne has been talking about from our friends, from these sources that are kind enough to connect with us, to support us with their uplifting, positive energy. So that we can, when we have our intentions that are for the, the good of all, the highest good of all, and, and honoring free will, they, with their support, can help us actualize that. This is a co-creative engagement between Mother Earth and our sources and ourselves. We're like, we're like little bastions of light wherever we live. And you'll hear us on the call, we almost always say our name and where we're from. We're anchoring 
their light. They're anchoring the source of light here into the earth. So what we can do then is just fill up with that light and energy and pour it over to one another on the call, listening on the radio, listening to the replay, and then spread it back over all over the earth and up or out or wherever our sources are and just keep it flowing. Just keep it flowing. So then we can flow with calmness to help the planet. And we can take this calm energy energy, and we can pass it on to back to wind and then he'll guide us through the rest of the call. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joy. And, you know, I just reinforce the idea. You don't have to believe anything. You can even be an atheist. As long as you're open-minded and go through the flow of this call, and many people have had life-changing epiphanies as a result of this work. What we do is, on this call, we are creating an expanded matrix. It means that our energies expand into higher dimensions. Now, it may not be for everyone all the time, and the call may not be for you, and it may not work for you. But if you feel like a slight lift, you may consider that that's happening for you. And when we do this, we can open ourselves up to negative beings in higher dimensions, sometimes called demons. And we do a little invocation of protection to protect ourselves from that. And I turn it over to Cecil in the Seattle, Washington area. Thank you, Mr. Wynn, and thank you, Joy. Father, Mother, God, the one infinite creator, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect everyone in attendance and any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxy, through the Milky Way, through our solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. Right now, we invoke a group energy connection with all those present that are open to do so, while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. We invite those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one to join with us. We create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must 
leave now. And return it back to you, uh, Wynn. Thank you, Cecil. And, you know, we were talking about how we have been communicating with these sources in a very high celestial realm. They don't have bodies. They're pure energy. And they've been speaking to me through my partner, Terry Brown. And we're not going to... I don't think we're going to talk to them today. Although, when I turn it over to her, anything can happen. We do do other calls. We have many things posted online of thousands of conversations with them. But just introducing so um, grounds the energy. So, Terry, over to you. And, of course, we always go through this while she looks for her mute button. Are you there, Terry? Yes. Uh, they would like to say something really quick and short. Uh, we greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. We are Ra An. We are an element of the Ra group and an element of the Elohim. And we are not God, but we are your companions in a different density, in a different level of existence. And we come in to assist you wherever we might be able to. We come directly to you. And we don't come through the voice or through BBS radio. That is where the voice comes from. We are coming directly to you. We bypass all the um, tangle of wires and the transformers, and we come directly to each and every one of you who wish to be connected with. It is our joy and brings tears to our energy eyes when we are able to connect with you and to let you know you are not alone in the physical realm. We are here to assist wherever we might. Join us. We welcome you. Join us on our calls, and we hear more also. These are recorded on BBS Radio and on the spiritchannel.net. Back, uh, back to him. Thank you. Thank you for saying hello to everybody. And um, I will tell you, this is a very rare thing to be having this kind of transparent connection with sources at such a high level, making it available to the public in this way. It took me a long time to have the courage to do it. And I thank all the people who have been paying attention to our calls for years. Some of them are on this call right now who 
are helping to hold the energy to make this possible. And what we do now is we put things into this field of energy and ask them to add their energy to it to create After body. After body. Twist the body. body. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was about to introduce Jennifer. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, we're going to have Bonnie Penners read an excerpt of one of our conversations with that intelligence that just said hello to you through Terry. And I turn it over to Bonnie. Hi. I thought I was going to get a night off here. <laughs> what we're going to read tonight, uh, we blew right through 2010. We're going to start working on 2011. And this is actually a Monday night call from 2011. It was the 24th of January. It was a Monday night call. And the topic was karma and karmic patterns. And so when it was having a conversation with the Elohim about karmic patterns, and here is he has a question for them. And the question he's asking is, uh, we were talking about the karma, about how to lift yourself above old karma and how to not create new karma. And he's asking them to address any way that you think would be most beneficial for those people who are listening. And draw on through Terry's answers. Each individual connects with a holographic view to their lifetime and move within their holographic connection. Within the hologram and the moving through the one lifetime, there enters factors which affect the individual's belief patterns. One of them is whether the individual is worthy or not, and when they run into questions of the parents person or people raising the child that might be just an offhand comment by one of the parents, and this can then affect the belief pattern of the child. And when the individual feels feelings of inferiority or not worthwhileness, they can, at that moment, observe and see what the connection with earlier incidents in that lifetime are that may have influenced this belief. The pictures or the sounds, the sensations, what are they when one is experiencing that? Realize that whatever comes in, it is part of a past incident or trauma. It can be this life, or it can be an earlier life, 
that has been impressed upon the individual. And it is not truly the person's identity, or it is not correct in that the person is a beautiful child of all that is, a child of God, and is worthy of love no matter what has happened. All of these distortions that have been brought into the hologramic field can be observed and one by one cleared so that with each thing that is cleared, the individual may move more into his own center, his own control center. And if a person feels that they are not worthy or not worthwhile, then they will have trouble with control because they don't feel that they should have control and they're placed under the control of other people. So some individuals use degrading comments in order to get control and take the energy. Those are our comments in this area. And I thought that was a interesting to hear them talk about everyday things that happen to people that uh, have a lifetime of effect. And I'll turn it back to you, Wynn. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. And um, if you got the wisdom in that, we read a different excerpt every day. It's kind of like an ongoing education into these intelligences that can be so important to this realm. And um, we're now going to go through different things that we would like them to help with, to add their energy with. Um, We've had experiences, and I know this is true, they can shift things on an atomic molecular level that look like miracles. And uh, they don't do it on demand, and they have a criteria for the highest good of all concerned and honoring free will. And we don't always know what's the highest good, but we put a general smorgasbord out there, and things happen. We start off with Jennifer who's going to start the smorgasbord with the earthquake and volcano activity on our planet. And some of it is probably positive because the Earth is releasing pressure before it gets into a devastation. But in any case, we want it moderated in the hope of creating any huge calamities on our planet. I turn it over to Jennifer. Thank you so much, Wynn. Um, if you haven't heard this call before, I'll just give you a little tiny snippet of what I do. Um, I'm going to psychically, just in your mind, imagine, well, you could look at a map, but we're going to go around the world on the fault line that, where uh, we have seismic activity and or uh, volcanoes. And we're going to send these regions at these areas, calming, love, light, energy. 
And tonight we are going to start in the middle of the Ring of Fire in Hawaii. If you're not familiar, um, Hawaii, the big island of Hawaii, has been um, under the gun recently. Kilauea erupted profusely in 2018, and it is currently um, just building a lava lake. So it hasn't really begun to overflow yet. But today we had a couple of low-level earthquakes on Kilauea. And we also had a couple of earthquakes on Mauna Loa. And that's the largest volcano on that island. And we also had a couple of low levels that were on the upper end, the northern end of the island by Mauna Kea. So as I'm speaking, let's just be swirling our beautiful love light energies down to the island and the seas and the volcanoes that are under the seas, and the rifts and the fault lines and anything else that can be a threat to human beings and animals. We just want to calm that whole island down. Now we're going to turn our focus down towards the area um, called Indonesia. This is the region that's just a bit north of Australia. I think everybody knows where Australia is. And we're going to start tonight with, the, we had a 4.9 in Fiji and also a 4.9 in Papua New Guinea. And then moving over towards the Indonesian Crescent, we just in the last you know, hour or so had a 6.0. And the crescent of Indonesia was above with fours and threes. And we also want to remember in this region to send calming love light energy to Sinabung, which is a currently erupting volcano, as well as Dukono and Simra. And I might make mention that the volcano Cinnabung is located in Cinnabang. I thought that was an interesting tongue twister. Now we're going to turn our focus northward on the western side of the Ring of Fire. We're going to land in Japan. Japan had a 4.9 and a 4.3. And today, Sakurajima, one of their volcanoes, was actively erupting. Now, along this line, the, this western edge of the Ring of Fire, we're going to continue northward, and we're going to come to an, a, an area that is owned by Russia. And this area, there were two 4.3s today, and they were both in the sea. Now, at the very top of this fault line, we're going to veer to the east, and that is the Aleutian area. And today, we really didn't have a whole lot going on on Alaska. The largest was 3.2, and we had a lot of small uh, seismic storms from here and there. And then I did not see anything in Canada, but let's just send our love, light, and calming energies to them, regardless. 
and then we're going to continue southward into Washington. And Washington, we did have a couple of little earthquakes, but they were all under two. So that's really nothing to be concerned about. And continuing southward in California, we did have a 2.0 on that Petrolia, in that Petrolia area, and it's on the fault line, the Juan de Fuca. And then continuing southward from there, we come to the geysers area, and it was just a swarm. And when I say a swarm, I mean more than five earthquakes in one location. Um, We did have a 2.7 at the geysers, and there were actually 62 earthquakes there. That's a lot of rumbling. So we want to calm that area down. And then moving down southward, around the San Francisco area, there were a couple of low levels. And that area, at least to me, seems so fragile, seismically fragile. We have so many fault lines running through there. So let's just send calming to that whole area of San Francisco all around and protruding out into the sea as well. And then we're going to continue down into um, Ridgecrest area, Los Angeles, under two in Southern California. It was quite a calm day. I do want to mention Stanley, Idaho is uh, a little busy today, and there was a 3.9 and eight others. So there was nine earthquakes. So we know that Stanley, Idaho, is in a location that uh, feeds the Yellowstone caldera. So if there's a lot of seismic activity there, that means that the uh, lava is trying to break through or it is moving underneath. And then we're going to... um, I want to also mention Oklahoma. There were six earthquakes there today. However, I'm unsure the cause of these. Some of these could be fracking-related. I don't see any reason for them there. And then we're going to come over, back over to Mexico. We had actually quite a quiet day in Mexico and Central America. Uh, We did have a couple of fours in Mexico, but that's typical. And we also have um, Guatemala, which is a little bit further south. And we have Fuego and Pacaya two volcanoes that are currently erupting in Guatemala. And then we're going to send love, light, and skip down past all the other um, countries in Central America because there wasn't anything of note going on there. We're going to come down into Peru, and Peru was busy. Several fours, 4.5. And then, oh, I do want to mention that off the coast of Ecuador, there was a 4.9. And this is one of those step-type fracture zones there. So a lot of energy is, is being trapped there. And then we're going to continue down through South America and all the way down through the Andes. 
because that's where most of the activity primarily is. Chile was hit especially uh, hard today. They had 5.3, a couple of 5.2, 5.1, several fours. So that was a real busy day for them. And then we're going to come down all the way to the very southern end of South America. And they're going to travel eastward. And we come to the Mid-Atlantic Fault Line. And this is the fault line that runs up through uh, between South America and Africa, North America and Europe, all the way up to the top of the world. This is an area that is pulling apart and actually creating new land, which is a good thing. But we just want to send our love, light, calming energies to Iceland. It is continuing to have a rift-type volcanic eruption. And that is a good thing. It's in an uninhabited location. But, of course, we want to send calming energies and, of course, uh, send clean air to those people. And then we're going to go from Iceland and basically skim across Europe. We had several twos, Spain, Italy, Etna, volcano is perpetually erupting and moving eastward into Austria at a 4.3 today, southward into Greece. We had lots of threes. Greece typically swarms every day with threes, and especially in the Greek islands. And then we're going to continue over towards Turkey, basically two. Uh, we just had a 4.3 in Iran a little while ago, and this is on the, oh, goodness gracious, the Gulf of Oman. And then we're going to move over to, we're continuing moving eastward towards Afghanistan, there's a 4.0, and China, a 4.3. And we're going to continue eastward and come right back to where we started. Amazing, huh? <laughs> we just want to send an extra added dose of love light to Mother Earth and thank Mother Earth for the majority of these calamities are in the sea. And for that, we're grateful. And now I'll turn it back to our host. Many of you probably can't hear you, but um, let me open up all the phone lines so we all have the opportunity to put something into the left light. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jennifer, for guiding us. Unmuted. All the phone lines are open and muted. This is Monica in Everett, Washington. I love what Bonnie read tonight. And in regards to that, I want to um, all of all of the light workers that are here on the earth to help heal all of the people. Really give some special grace that they can move through their patterns that have been passed on to them from other generations, so that we can heal and also heal 
the, the physical earth, too, because when our energy is stuck, it affects the earth. Thank you. This is Hi, Roger. this is Jennifer again. Oh, go ahead, Roger. I'll wait. Uh, this is Roger, and I want to put into the light all the members of the jury of the police officer Chauvin in Minneapolis that they have the courage of their convictions to give their proper verdict, the appropriate verdict in this trial. Uh, and I guess that's all. Thank you. Amen. This is Jennifer from Greensburg. Um, I'd like to put each and every person on this call on this call for healing, regardless of what your need is. Um, the Elohim is there for us to help. And I also want to put a huge bubble of love light around within Terry. Um, Terry has had health issues, and we want her to be completely healed and maintain her good health. And, of course, win. We want him to be able to further this work for a long time. And I also want to put Monica and Larry in the love light. They need complete healing. Cecil and Betty, Dr. Art, Morgan, our friend Morgan, Sarah, who is Alicia's daughter, Dan Stanson, Lauren, who is always on our call, Tom in San Jose, Carola and Wanda in Canada for healing for both. White Dove and Willow. And I would like to put Yvonne in the love light. We don't know if she's passed, but we just want to send her comfort. And I would also like to put myself in the love light for healing. Thank you very much. Hi, everybody. It's me, Juanita. I just wanted to put everybody on this phone call, the whole planet meeting family, especially for Heinz and Winfrey and Terry Brown and everybody, Jennifer and Cecil and Jill and, and the whole whole family, um, family, whole planet family. And I just also wanted to um, add to to the uh, to to breaking the chains of oppression. Um, there's a lot of Oppression everywhere towards women and 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 men too, and just that there's more freedom, and um, especially for the homeless, for the homeless groups where they need resources and people that that struggle with mental illness, and the veterans and all of our families and the families of the families all around the world, and for a lot of for a lot of healing and a lot of love. Thank you. This is uh, Wanda in Saskatchewan. I'd like to send love, light, and thoughts and prayers towards all the new baby animals, all sorts and kinds that are trying to be born in this spring weather system. And I'd like to also everyone think about give love and light towards all the people that are taking the vaccines and hoping for the best outcome for everything, for everyone, for the highest good. Thank you. This is Pat. Muted. 
I guess I'm going to yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm cutting in. I'm <laughs> cutting in because I want to try to uh, finish the call because we're on BBS. Normally, we go over a little bit. We're going like, uh, yeah. five, five minutes. Can you hear me, guys? Yes, we hear you well. But I, I got to cut in there, though, because I need to have a little space over here myself that I need to create for... I want to ask everyone to close your eyes and envision Mother Earth being surrounded by this beautiful cloud of love light. And for all those things that you put into the love light for the highest good of all concerned, while honoring free will, I see all those issues being fed by this love light. And I thank you very much, Wynn, for being here with us, arranging all of this. Back to you. Wow. Thank you. So we're just going to, um, if, if you're not getting this, we're having an interaction between these sources in the celestial realms. And we have had so many calls, we know that they're here. And sometimes it takes a while for someone new to figure it out or to get some kind of sign. But we're just going to make pretend they're here, if you don't um, believe it yet. And we're going to surround our planet with our group energy, and uh, I'm actually repeating what I said, uh, just sending this beautiful love light to every square foot of our planet, asking to uplift the vibration wherever it's possible, to the humans, to the children, to the animals, to the plants, to the fish, to the sea life, and the dolphins, and the whales. and we go now through the surface of the earth into the interior of the earth and we connect with the energy of Mother Earth who is aware and alive and knows we're doing this. And we're going to send her healing energy because she processes a huge amount of energy from us surface dwellers. And... Um, and some of our activities. And so we send her gratitude, and we send her gratitude for giving us the opportunity to have these physical bodies on her surface. We go to the energy waves that travel through the earth and um, terminate on potential earthquakes and potential volcanoes. And we send the energy of calm to those waves. We go back to the surface of the earth. And we're going to do this really quickly. Um, we go to the three major earthquake zones. And Jennifer went through the individual things that were occurring. And we're just going to do the whole zone. The ring of fire, the land masses surrounding the Pacific Ocean. And just see the energy of love light penetrating through the ground on all those coastal areas and islands in the Pacific, bringing calm energy. We go to the New Madrid fault line, centered in St. Louis and the surrounding states, and we do the same thing. We go to the Mid Atlantic fault line in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean going from Iceland to South America, thousands of miles long, and we do the same thing along this entire fault line. 
and any other earthquakes or volcanoes outside of these zones, we ask our sources to help find them and to send this calming energy to all of them. And any earthquakes, volcanoes that need to happen to release stress from Earth, we ask that they can happen gradually and away from population centers. We go to some of the other disasters happening on our planet, starting with the COVID virus and its mutations, and we ask that it be rendered harmless, and we ask that the humans can, can have strong immune systems so they can stay healthy. We go to the quality of fear, which is one of those things that screws up the connection to the higher realms and to each other. And we ask for love to go to all those humans who are experiencing fear and giving them some peace, to know that they're not alone. And we go to suffering. And there's so many numerous things of suffering going on, from health to not enough money to abusive relationships to child children abuse and 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 trafficking and we send this energy to all those people that are experiencing abuse and ask that the causes of abuse can be rectified for the highest good we go to droughts. We ask for rain in all those areas where there's droughts, where there's populations. We go to the governments of our planet, and we ask for qualities of leadership that are benevolent, wise, compassionate, integrity, and ethics and peace. We go to interventions. We ask that um, our realms protected from nuclear weapons going off. We ask for transmutation of toxic materials, mentioning coronavirus, radioactivity, um, radio frequency vibrations, from cell phones, from Wi-Fi, and 5G, and toxins from chemtrails. Anything in food, air, water, or medicine, including GMOs and vaccines, toxins transmuted. And we go to obstacles to any of the plans and plots by the negative that are designed to affect the health, well-being, and sovereignty of the humans on this planet. And finally, we're going to bring the energy back to ourselves. We imagine this energy of the universe, sometimes called 
the unified field, the quantum field, love light energy coming from source and landing on our rooftop where we have an energy filter that only lets positive energy through it. And we invite this energy, if we're comfortable with this, into our home, clearing any negativity and turning our home environment into a sacred space. And we now bring that energy through our bodies, clearing out our own negativity, our own past life karma incidents, which are holding us back. And feel that energy in your body, lifting your vibrations. We remind ourselves that we each are an aspect of the one infinite creator or of God. And we each have more power in us than we ever take and act on. We ask that all of you can tap into your personal divine power. And we're going to end the verbal part of this call. And if you're on BBS, we're also on a conference line. And we do this conference line every day at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You can find the phone number on wholeplanethealing.com, wholeplanethealing.com, and you're all invited. Every person here makes a difference. And um, on that note, we end with the words of the Elohim. We leave, but we do not leave. May you all be blessed and experience the love of the higher realms. And thank you all for being here. Thank you, BBS, for putting us on. And we will see you next time. This session is no longer being recorded.